we can all live free and consciously. Welcome to the Pure Grace Podcast, Becoming Love. I'm your host, Navy G. In this first season of the podcast, you'll hear my evolution with my relationship with the divine and spirituality, which has a lot to do with becoming love instead of searching for it outside of myself. Episodes are short and sweet. The season is for you if you're a spiritual seeker on the journey of self-love and self-mastery, a parent, a woman who may feel conflicted, a young woman maybe seeking mentorship, or anyone that's curious about how I got to be who I am today. I am a community builder and leader. I'm a certified coach and yoga instructor. I have a degree in communication as well as being a dance teacher, fire performer, DJ, entrepreneur, partner, and mother. I have an online community membership, which you can join. We go through spiritual books together. I also have two transformational courses. One is Revive Your Essence. One is Luna Magic Method, which is for moms and daughters, daughters entering their sacred rite of passage into womanhood. My website is nevegrace, N-E-V-E-G-R-A-C-E.com. You can find out more about what I do there. I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page is Free Spirit Creatrix, and my Twitter and Instagram accounts are EverFreeSpirit. I'd like to take this moment to thank you. I'm honored by you being here now and listening, investing time in this show, and I hope it blesses you in some way. So today... The card that I'm reading is the Tosha Silver card, Self-Love. And this is what it says. Show me how to love myself. Show me how to take care of the inner child. Show me how to be kind within. When you step into self-forgiveness, so much can change on the outside. And I definitely get into that a little bit in this episode You will also hear my discovery of Ayurveda, Bhakti Yoga, and Tantric Sex in this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. This episode converges a little with the last episode as far as timelines. So I am teaching yoga at the gym. I got up to one point teaching 11 classes a week and totally unaware of how that is not very balanced. I definitely have different male relationships during these years, which I'll get a little bit more into in this episode. And in 2011, I think it was December or November of 2011, I started my own weekly blues and fusion dance in Norfolk, where I taught weekly lessons and DJed. And my intention was to earn money doing what I love to do when I started, right? So that was I guess a second business. So I had this business at the gym teaching swimming, which I'm starting to move away from because I'm focusing more on yoga and I'm teaching dance every Monday night and DJing. So I also met another cool girl during this time who was super into sound healing. And she was similar to Maya in that she was astro projecting and talking to different beings in different realms and planted, she planted the seed of us, you know, she asked me once, are, are you aware that we're, that our souls are working on a, another timeline at the same time for humanity? And uh, I was kind of like, I don't know, baby. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm not really sure if I know about that. Um, but it was just another introduction into 
new things and the sound, I would go to sound baths all the time and just get immersed in the frequencies and the energy, which was super cool. So I'm working at the gym and this, one of my students brought his friend to one of my classes. Cause I guess he really wanted his friend to go to one of my other classes. And I thought it was really odd. So this student was a little bit older and male and his friend was also older and male. I was like, okay, what is with this guy? He's just like, he has his eyes closed the whole yoga class. He seems like he has a meditation practice, seems pretty serious. And so afterwards they, they said, would you like to go out to lunch with us? We'd like to talk to you. Yoga class was amazing. I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) Like, I don't know you, but yeah, let's go. So we go out to lunch and he asked me, if you could change one thing about your body, what would it be? And I thought about it. I was like, well, I'm pretty healthy. I like my body for the most part. I was like, what would I change? And then I thought, oh, my periods, my periods are painful. My emotions are a little bit nuts. I sometimes get headaches. Like there's definitely it's not a pleasant experience uh, to be a woman. That was kind of my perspective. Uh, It was a little bit of a nuisance to have all these emotions and hormones running wild. And I didn't feel like I could control them. I feel like they took over me and I became someone else. Um, So I explained all this to him and he was like, well, you know, you can change that. And I was like, oh, I can (laughs) tell me more. I would love to change that. And so he said, well, have you heard of Ayurveda? And I said, no, I have not heard of Ayurveda. And he said, well, Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga. It's preventative medicine, holistic lifestyle. It's about becoming in rhythm with the elements in your body and the elements in nature and living in this rhythm, this seasonal balanced rhythm. And I said, okay, I'm curious, you know, it's, I like yoga. I'm learning a lot from all these different yoga things and people and classes. I would love to learn more about Ayurveda. So he introduced me to his Ayurvedic practitioner and I did my first meeting with him. And I remember the practitioner said, you need to do Shavasana three times a day. And I was thinking in my mind, like, are you kidding me? I'm just going to lay on the ground and be quiet and still like three different times throughout the day. Like, yeah, right, dude. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. And he looked at my tongue and he asked me about my poop and all these kinds of things that I was just like, okay, this is so strange and different. Well, after that, I started taking a female tonic, which is a herbs before my meals. And I started doing calming milk, which is golden milk in the evenings, which also has herbs in it and spices and just started to learn about Ayurveda and start to realize that in ancient cultures, women would bleed with the new moon and ovulate with the full moon. And that in, in ancient cultures, that was what was healthy is to cycle with the moon and that they actually used the moon to keep track of their menstrual cycle and it was all in rhythm and it was aligned. And so I started to pay attention to the moon and pay attention to my period more and my hormones and 
what I was eating. I learned that I should be eating warmer foods and maybe avoiding super spicy foods. So I started to learn about the doshas, which are the different elements in the body. And, you know, just started to, I stopped eating cheese. I did start to eat more meat because I had previously been more vegetarian leaning towards vegan. And they said that if I ate meat, that would help ground me. So I started experimenting with that. And I also met Dr. Dilip Sakar, and he was the president of Yoga Therapy International. And he would teach yoga for healing, yoga healing classes, which included lots of pranayama and Ayurveda information, which was really helpful. And I started going to my Ayurvedic mentor, who this is not the practitioner, but um, who introduced me to Ayurveda. I started going to his house in the mornings and doing a pranayama practice. He introduced me to mantra. He said, mantra is mind protection. It's protecting the mind from itself. And I was like, well, my mind is all over the place. So I should start doing some mantra practice. Um, And then I also learned about bhakti yoga, which is love and devotion to the divine. And I was so drawn to bhakti because I love the divine. And what I found out is what they say about bhakti yoga is that it's the quickest path to enlightenment, right? The devotion and the love to the divine will get you to enlightenment faster than all the, you know, all the meditating and the asana and the pranayama, like all these other things that, that bhakti, that love and devotion gets you there faster. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating because I am drawn towards bhakti anyway. Like this, I am a bhakti yogi and I um, just really started to explore that. And from that Ayurvedic practitioner, I realized that I was actually pretty off balance. I had no idea. I didn't know what Vata was. Vata is the wind element. And most of our society has Vata imbalance. It means that you're doing too much. You're going too fast. You're putting too many things in your mind. You're not giving yourself time to digest and process life. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And your body starts to suffer from it. And I realized, wow, that's totally me. And that's probably why my hormones are a little off with my periods because I'm teaching so many yoga classes and I'm running around doing all these things and I'm, you know, dating these different guys. And like, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely have a vata imbalance and a, and a pitta imbalance. I had some heat, excess heat in my body as well. So that was interesting in the beginning of that Ayurvedic journey. Um, And my Ayurvedic practitioner, I consider him my second male mentor and like the second really important person that I met in that yoga studio room. Well, he always said that he was a Buddhist practicing Christian. And I, you know, I asked him about this and every time I would meet him in the mornings to do pranayama practices or what throughout the next year or two, while we were hanging out, he would always bring me these different spiritual texts or readings from different religions about enlightenment or self-reflection or things. And so he was really mentoring me in my spirituality and this Buddhist practicing Christian that that's the first time I'd ever heard that. And I was like, how can you be a Buddhist practicing Christian? Um, And he said, well, you know, what's the difference between 
you and Jesus. And I was like, well, Jesus is the son of God. And he said, well, you're the daughter of God. And I was like, huh. And this is kind of when I went to Julia Dorsey and I was like, what is going on? Um, which I shared in the last episode because she was coming to my yoga classes and she was also, you know, teaching centering prayer. And so that's why I ended up going to her and being like, okay, this guy says he's a Buddhist practicing Christian. Like, um, you know, I have all these questions. Um, at the same time, I went with Maya to Yogaville and at Yogaville in the ashram on the bottom floor, there's sections around the circular room that have all the different main religions of the world and their quotes about love and light. And I had this experience where it just hit me. Like, wow. There's many paths, but there's, there's one, you know, main truth. And, you know, this is why I went to Julia Dorsey and was like, I'm so confused (laughs) from my upbringing. It says this, and now I'm introduced to all these things. And I feel like there's love and there's light in lots of religions. It's not just Christianity or, you know, Jesus wasn't the only cool ascended master dude. Um, And so that going to Yogaville and going to the ashram was very powerful for me. Um, I remember the spiritual energy just kind of surrounding me while I was looking at these different quotes about love and light. And I, I remember also towards the beginning of meeting my Ayurvedic mentor, he said, you know, you don't, you don't belong in a gym. The kind of yoga you teach is yoga is a studio level yoga. Like you really shouldn't be teaching at a gym. You should be teaching at a yoga studio. And I was like, okay, great. Do you have any extra buildings we can turn into a yoga studio? And he said, yeah. And so we went to a couple of them and picked the one that was like this big warehouse in Portsmouth and started transforming it into a yoga studio. And so this is happening at the same time while I'm, you know, going to Yogaville and learning about pranayama and mantra, starting my mantra practice and bhakti, right. As I'm also founding this yoga studio. And my intention with this yoga studio was for it to be a spiritual gathering center for all types of people, all religious backgrounds, cultures, genders, ages. And it really did turn into that. It was, it is, as far as I know, it definitely was the most diverse yoga studio that I had ever been to. And it was also a healing center. So we had Ayurvedic, eventually built a kitchen and Ayurvedic um, treatment rooms in the back with a steam box. And we had a carpenter build a Sharadara contraption. So it was great because I could also receive treatments there. And the studio, you know, was built by the community. So many people, like I could go on for probably a few minutes listing off all the names of people that their heart and their energy went into making that place happen. So yeah, very, it was a very cool, the different types of teachers and things that were offered at the studio over the years. And it, my intention definitely lasted. It was a very, very beautiful place. And um, Charisse taught, who's a mindfulness teacher would teach how to drum. And so there was like drum circles on Saturdays. I mean, it was all kinds of, all kinds of amazing things. My friend who did the sound healing would do sound healings, so on and so forth. Still amazing things are happening there as far as I know. 
So all this is happening, right? I'm learning about bhakti yoga, pranayama, mantra practice, Ayurveda, starting to live Ayurveda. I'm scraping my tongue every day. I'm turning all the lights off in the evenings so that my, to be more in circadian rhythm, right? To dim the lights as the sun is setting so that my body is getting ready to sleep, right? Sleep is a big deal. <laughs> sleep is our our rejuvenating time, right? This is when all our organs cleanse, which I learned about through Ayurveda. So I'm doing all this. At the same time, I meet someone who introduced me to tantric sex and the idea of having sex as a spiritual practice that's meditation. And of course, this totally lit me up. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. So I, so I, was able to exchange energy with this person and he had multiple orgasms. And I was like, oh my gosh, men can have multiple orgasms. And there was energies and colors and love flowing back and forth. And I felt so honored and loved and seen on a deep and new level. I felt no emptiness leaving uh, the tantric or the mindful sexual experience, like no I didn't feel used. I didn't feel taken advantage of. I didn't feel empty. I felt full, overflowing, so that I just felt so much love for everyone and everything after that experience for days. And I found out through learning, you know, because of course, then I wanted to study everything I could find about Tantra. Well, um, Tantra is its own thing, but Tantra tantric sex is just a small little branch of tantra and tantra is all about weaving the divine or the sacred into all of life so of course sex is included but it's everything and so i really started studying tantra and getting super into tantric texts and the radiant sutras and different um this idea of the lover the lovers being god like the the one that's devoted to the other and um, just all kinds of, all kinds of fun, different things. And at the same time, my Ayurvedic friend and mentor said, you know, yes, I know you're excited about this, you know, this sex, mindful sex, sex as a meditation, you know, and he said, you're also, by the way, like not treating men very well. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> and I started to realize some of my negative and harmful patterns with just being selfish and um, not realizing I have so much power. And so I started to realize how much power and energy I had and that I needed to be gentle with the men in my life and um, really take care of them. And so this was, you know, all happening. But from that tantric sex experience, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone should have sex like this. Everyone should feel like God is there. I felt like God, I experienced God through being sexual, having this sexual encounter with someone else and treating them as the divine and loving them and being selfless. And I was just like, man, how do I teach everyone to have sex like this? Because this is not talked about. And this is so much more fulfilling than people using each other to have a physical experience. I'm like, this is so, this is so much deeper and more spiritual. Like, so I definitely started my uh, passion for sharing mindful sexuality 
with others because I was like, this is amazing. And I found out that in some of those texts, Tantra or Tantric sex specifically is another super fast way to enlightenment. So you have bhakti, which is love and devotion to the divine. And then you have tantric sex, which can just kind of zap you into more awareness um, because I think it's this awareness of love. So that was kind of a fascinating thing. I realized, oh, I'm super into these two paths that are like speedy enlightenment paths, apparently. And I don't particularly like the word enlightenment. Uh, however, if you've ever had an enlightened experience or moment or moments, you do feel very light. It feels like you kind of float up sort of. So I get, I get why it's called enlightenment, but anyways, it's not, it's, uh, it's not what I thought it was and it's not unattainable, which is cool. So anyways, I decided to explore this mindful sexuality, it's tantric sex with a couple different people and realized like, wow, if you are open and you have a meditation practice and you are really learning how to love yourself, because Ayurveda was really teaching me how to love myself, then you can have a really powerful and spiritual sexual experience with someone and you can exchange energy and orgasms and back and forth in waves. And it can last for a really long time and you can feel more full afterward. And one of the things that my partner who introduced me to tantric sex said is that men really, you know, don't really, it's not really great for them to actually ejaculate. It's better for them to hold that energy within their body and then they'll actually give them more energy and then they won't feel depleted afterwards. So all this stuff was totally new to me and I was just experimenting with it. So as we're coming to the end of this episode, my, my life has changed a lot. I'm into mantra practice. I'm into Ayurveda. I'm realizing that there's, there's some, there's a, there's a thread to spirituality that seems to be underlining everything. And it's seeing the divine spark or God, or Jesus in everyone, seeing the divine in everyone, that the idea is that as you do these practices, as you expand in love and you expand in your own awareness and your own self-love, you start to see everyone as divine. You start to see the spark of the divine in others' eyes. You know, you start to feel it in their energy. And my Ayurvedic practitioner, um, well, not my practitioner, but my mentor had been sharing all these different sacred and spiritual teachings that he had received from traveling around the world, traveling to India, being with different gurus and teachers. And so it was really amazing to start to see this thread of love being the anchor or the central point to spirituality, love and light. And really started to love myself more and reflect on my power with men and the way that I was abusing it and, you know, how I had unhealthy patterns and I started to become aware of them and change how I was acting. And I became less selfish, um, less impatient, more grounded. My hormones started to balance more. And I 
had had now this is so I'm in my third business. So I had my swimming business and I had the dance business and now I have the yoga studio and I'm teaching seasonally. I'm teaching progressive classes from, you know, like a fall season, uh, summer, you know, spring, winter, and the seasons are starting. The, the yoga classes are starting to shift to be Ayurvedic as far as I'm doing postures that are and pranayamas that are balancing for those seasons. And that's starting to affect my life and my awareness of my body and what I'm eating in the seasons. And it's all starting to come together a little bit for me. I'm like, oh, okay. These are how, this is how this all works. Like we're doing all these practices. We're doing all the self-reflection and it's really so that we can love ourselves and share amazing love energy with others and see everyone as love, as the divine, as a spark of the divine. At this similar time, I also got into um, Neil Douglas Klotz, who's a Sufi-like person, I think. Um, and he translated the Aramaic words of Jesus. And it's the way that his translation is translating, you know, what Jesus said, it's all about love and light. And so I'm seeing this thread, love, light. You can share love when you see love in others and you share love, you are having more. I am having more enlightened experiences more and more often. I'm dropping deeper into meditation. I'm feeling more unconditional love for everyone becoming, you know, I'm starting to become able to just forgive others on a deeper level because I'm forgiving myself for some of my past hardships and challenges. And, um, it's, it's all coming together. I'm feeling like, okay, this is great. I have a yoga studio that I'm running with other members in the community. I'm exploring tantric sex. I'm exploring my spirituality and bhakti yoga. I started teaching bhakti yoga every Sunday. And so we'll pick up the next episode with getting pregnant <laughs> and having my son and how that shifted things. But it, this is definitely a turning point with our Ayurveda, bhakti yoga, tantric sex. So I hope this episode was enjoyable for you and maybe resonating in some level, let me know. And I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful, amazing day. Take care. It looks like our time has come to an end. So until we meet again.